NotFest.com presents Talk To Me. With over 300 interviews under his belt and six years running, your host Joshua Toomey interviews metal and rock's heaviest hitters. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Here's your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Talk To Me here on NotFest.com. As always, I am Joshua Toomey, joined by the one, the only, Chris Aiken. Chris, how are we doing? Awesome, man. How you doing, man? You recovered yet? Not just yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I have a day off from, from actual work tomorrow, and I do plan to sleep in after the gym in the morning. So it's just it's been a week, man. It's been a, it's been a very long week since the last time we talked. Dude, you used to tour and play six days a week. Now you just go hang out for four days and you're ready to die. <laughs> yeah, but when I played, it was, you know, we I could sleep in the van in between the shows and then I could, you know, hang out backstage and not do anything. Like, you know, I, I did 16 interviews in the four days at Louder Than Life. And, you know, that's setting up the camera, getting all the, you know, getting your brain ready for an oh. interview and all that stuff, man. It was, it was nuts. Yeah. Uh, dude, I've done it. I've done it at Rock on the Range a few times. And- yeah. I don't know about you and then you can say how you feel. I'm done with it. I, I'm, <laughs> I am officially throwing my hands up and acknowledging I'm waving the white flag. I'm too old. <laughs> I'm too old to do this anymore. I can't go. Right. You know, not, not, not like that anymore. You know, if I was to do it now, I would stay in the tent except for like two bands. You know, I would see like two bands a day, maybe, maybe, and the rest of the time would be just chilling in the air conditioning. <laughs> <clears throat> right. No, the, um, the, the one thing that was nice, I mean, where the media tent is at louder than life, you're right next to the main stage. So even if you don't go watch the band, you can at least hear the bands right, really right. well. Um, this year they had six stages. Ugh. Um, and they were basically grouped as like two stages at each, at each area. And, uh, so, so two main stages, two kind of side stages, and then they had the third kind of unsigned, you know, new band stage. Uh, they actually had two stages over there too. So they could kind of go back and forth too. But, uh, you know, That's it was, it was cool. That is too much for me, man. I, I just, <laughs> I remember the old days, even of like, um, Ozfest and whatnot. And yeah. They they did Ozfest a few years here at a at the place called Blossom Music Center, which is one of these outdoor yeah. on a hill, you know. And and there was two stages there. There was one, there was the big stage, the main stage, right. and then all the way up the hill and kind of in the back, what you what is normally like the parking, they had hollowed out and turned into the st- the second stage. Yeah. So you spent the whole day either moshing which I, you know, I was all about the moshing. So they, I would spend most of the day moshing wherever I was, but it was either moshing or running up this big ass hill to go and mosh on a cement slab. <laughs> right. And it was by the end of that. And that was back when it was a one day deal. And by the end of that one day deal, it was go home and just you know, automatically the next day had to be off of whatever yeah. job I had. Cause there was, there was no way there was just no, I, I drank too much. I moshed too much. I got beaten to shit. 
you know, I'd come out with black eyes and stuff from getting elbows to the face and all that stuff from the mosh pit. There was no chance to go to work. And, you know, you're doing four days of it. Ooh, no, thank you. Well, I wasn't there to mosh and drink and, and all that stuff. We, we finally, I think, had a few drinks on the Sunday. But uh, but I learned very long ago that I cannot drink and do interviews <laughs> at the same time. So, uh, you know, I just kind of they, they even had open bar in the media tent. Like it was open bar. Ooh. You just had to tip or whatever. So, I mean, it and they had a full open bar, too. It was you know, the beers, all the beer you wanted, all the mixed drinks you wanted and stuff like that. So yeah, it could, it could have gotten hairy real quick. Boy, it might've been a good thing that I passed that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never come out of the tent. <laughs> yeah. They, every year they've kind of, they've, they've stepped the media tent up and a couple of years ago it was, you, you could drink all the, you know, the monster waters or whatever they had. Right. And then like the year after that was like water plus Red Bull. And then, uh, I think last year was just a, another Red Bull kind of year, but then this year, yeah, they had full open bar. Nice. So, uh, it, it was even like you go over there and you're like, so everything's free? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so like everything, everything's free. <laughs> like it's still almost too good to be true. Dude, you know they're doing that so that the bands will come through. That's a hundred percent the reason. You know, the bands are like, well, I, we can stay on the bus and they'll bring us booze, or you can right. go out to the press tent and just get booze. So the bands are, I, I'm sure the bands drank more than you guys did. Well, I think it was a lot of the crew were actually the ones drinking. Okay. Because <laughs> I noticed <laughs> some of the crew guys that I know were over there uh, partaking day to day. But um, uh, kind of running down the, the, the weekend for me. And um, uh, the first interview uh, with Chris Garza of Suicide Silence will be out tomorrow, which is cool. Friday. And then after that, every every Wednesday, there's going to be another interview. So basically for the next three months, there'll be interviews from Louder Than Life nice. on Wednesday. So you get my studio interview on Tuesday, my Louder Than Life interview on Wednesday, and then me and Chris Aiken uh, talking nonsense on Thursday. So Sweet. all kinds of to me all week. All to all me all time. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, looking at the at the list here, um, Thursday I interviewed um, uh, Monty Pittman from Ministry. Okay. Um, two of the ladies from Plush, um, Mariah and Ashley. This the bassist, blonde uh, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then the um, um, most of New Year's Day sat down. Okay. Uh, they were pretty cool. Um, and then Type A Houston, which is Lars Ulrich's uh, son's band. Okay. Uh, they sat down and um, and they did an interview towards the end of the night, man. And they were they were actually pretty cool, man. That the because I had them and vended, uh, I had vended on Friday, so right. I kind of talked to them a little bit about <laughs> having you know seeing the all the kind of the kids bands, you know, like mm -hmm. the, Lars's kids bands, and right. even uh, uh, James Hetfield's kids got a band, and Ty Trujillo's in a bunch of bands, and then Vended's on the thing. So we talked a little bit about that stuff, and. You know, both both bands gave pretty good answers to uh, to that kind of line of questioning because I just didn't want to sit down and be like, so tell me about being Lars Ulrich's sons. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> right. you you know, you've done enough interviews to know you you want you don't want to be that guy. You want no. to you can throw in a question. I mean, you when you interviewed yeah. uh, Rob Trujillo's wife, you know, you kind of came at it a, a certain way, and, mm -hmm. and you didn't just go like, "So what's it like being, you know, a wife of Metallica?" You know, you, well, not, uh, you know, when I interviewed her, Chloe, I yeah. I did almost, I, I think I did thirty minutes, and twenty five of it was her band, right. you know, to where at least at least me throwing it in at the end was not, 
was not like, okay, it's the only reason I did the interview. You know, I, I mean, I tried to give her band that, that respect and it's a respect thing, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, this dude, so many of the, of the kids bands, they don't, nobody wants to talk to them about their bands. Let's be honest. How many, how many of the journalists that were in that, in that room had heard Taipei Houston or fucking vended? Right. Probably you. <laughs> you know and yeah. and to to go and do an interview with them and then just say oh lars lars headfield you know metallica metallica they don't want to hear that slip not slip they don't want to hear that they want they want you to at least give them the respect of well i'm here with my band right and then they'll answer the other stuff if it's if you give them respect first that's that's the approach i always take I thought it was funny that that Taipei Houston did interviews at, a, at roughly I think mine was six forty five p.m. Mm-hmm. on Thursday, and by the time we got home, which was probably ten thirty, mm-hmm. they were an interview from the press tent was already on Blabbermouth. Wow! From, from Taipei Houston about you know it was like you know type of houston talks growing up around metallica or something like that. <laughs> you know oh and also i spoke to uh, apocalyptica um funny thing with them was they weren't scheduled to be interviewed and the tour manager of apocalyptica walks up to me and goes hey my name is jeff and i had you know i guess i look a little bit different than i did 20 years ago but you know the beard and the longer mm-hmm. hair and the i was wearing sunglasses and i know this dude jeff for you know, for a long, long time, like sure. you know, he, and, and, and he walks up to me and he was like, yeah, my name is Jeff. And I pulled down my sunglasses. Like, yeah, no shit. And he was like, Oh my God. Like, it's pretty <laughs> crazy. He's like, so uh, he's like, yeah, I'm out tour managing uh apocalyptico. Can you do an interview with them? And I was like, that that's the one thing that got me this whole weekend. Right. And I, I love the, the hustle and mm-hmm. I love, you know, all the, because there was that whole unsigned, up and coming band stage. Sure. And they were all the old, all those bands were in the tent all day long. Mm-hmm. And like, they kept asking like for interviews. And I'm like, I'm like, I just kind of kept having to say like, you know, I've got a schedule. I got this. I, because I, I, they had the press list sent to them. I know they did because a lot mm-hmm. of them did reach out and say, Hey, can, you know, can we get an interview? Which I did. I think two of the bands, I mean, I didn't like just totally block out, you know, doing some of the younger bands, but they they just kept coming up and asking for interviews, and I'm like, you guys, like I need something to work with. I can't just yeah. sit, I, I don't want to sit down with a band that I don't know anything about. Who are like, you and what do you do? Like, where did you get your <laughs> band name? You know, yeah. how did you guys meet? You know, why right. all that stuff? You know, you don't want to do that. And I'm like, sure. So I, I felt bad, and I you know I I've, I've been in that situation before. You know, being in an up and coming band and just trying your you know trying, but mm-hmm. you know. I got some emails from some of the bands, but I didn't get as much as you probably should have. And and I felt bad saying like, you know, I'm, I'm on a tight schedule and blah, blah, blah. And then I'm just sitting there on playing on my phone, <laughs> <laughs> nice. but you know, yeah, but uh, still, if you don't know anything about the band, how good of an interview can you yeah, possibly do? That's what I was more worried about. If, like I said, if we sit down and it's just this, this interview of, where did you get your band name? Where are Aww. you guys from? You know, like that type yeah. of stuff. Nobody wants to see that. They don't want yeah. to do that interview. I don't want to do that interview. And, uh, but you know, go, go and find uh, some of the, the newer bands and let me know what you guys think. Sure. <laughs> well, and, and dude, I mean, it's hard. Like uh, you're saying apocalyptica. 
Yeah. I would struggle with that. And you know me, I listen to everything. Right. I would I would struggle mightily with that because I certainly don't listen to cello metal. Well, it was that was one where they're like, can you do an apocalyptica? And I'm like, all right, well, I know enough about them to to do an interview. So right. They're the cello yeah. guys, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Cello the, either the cello band or whatever. So, yeah. you know, I I I did the typical, you know, when did when did you realize Metallica knew who you guys were? Mm-hmm. Um they they had actually done a song with the guy from um Three Days Grace, who I had on the podcast a while back, so I, I kind of talked about that a little bit. Actually, Corey Taylor did a song with them, so I, I talked about that. You know, like I, I threw together, you know, eight to ten minute interview, which is right. you know, all you really need to do with some of this stuff. But sure, yeah, it was. Th- I think them and and um, actually the uh, Chris Garza from Suicide Silence interview. Uh, I think he was the only other one that wasn't scheduled, but he has a podcast that I listen to. And so okay. it, that was easy. That was just, sure. and you know, he was wearing a cold chamber shirt before you even did the interview. We were talking about new metal and his favorite band of all time is corns. I mean, I can, I can nail that in an interview. All day. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, just, you, you don't even know, need to know his music at all. Right. <laughs> and uh, we could just sit down and be like, so you love corn. Me too. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. But yeah, so Thursday um, was pretty awesome. The, now the, the bands I got to see, um of the day i'm, I'm kind of going through plush open the day i thought they thought that's one thing about this whole festival is mm-hmm. is even first band on the bill a few thousand people watching like it's never that's cool it's never just an empty space like it's right it, people are are there to to you know party and have a good time and go see the show and get there early and stay all day i mean it was it was nuts how big the crowd was for plush and they were 12 30 one o'clock band it was crazy wow that is how how'd they sound good sounded great you know everything was everything seemed to be going pretty well cool. um you know they busted out an Alice in Chains cover and you know they 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 did you know they do what they do man they they're yeah. great yeah, that's cool very good man uh new year's I saw new year's day they they had some really bad technical difficulties I don't know what was going on with them but uh, that that might be in one of the roughest sets I think I've seen, and then, and then when I interviewed them later on, they were talking about how they they've just been kind of having like a shit month, like they had they had all their gear stolen at one point, and they finally got it all back due to the local police finally you know tracked it down in South Carolina or something like that. Wow. They, were, they were just they they've been having a tough time. Right, <laughs> might be time to come off the road. Right, uh, ministry was fantastic as always, and the one thing with with ministry. The last two times I've seen them, which I think might be the only two times I've ever seen them, but they, they, it seems like a, a greatest hit set. You know, sure. they're not, they're not busting out a bunch of new songs. They're like Psalm 69 and you know new world order and, and right. all that stuff, man. They, they are playing the hits on this one. You know, it's interesting about that band though. They've put out a lot of great music Yeah, after the hits. Like mo- most of those records, especially all those George Bush hating records are fantastic. The whole no W and all that yeah. stuff. That's all really, really good, good music. And I know, I know Alice said a couple of times, this is it. I'm retiring. And then there's another album, like, you know, two years <laughs> later, but what I love ministry. I did one of my favorite times ever was I got into a political debate with Al for two hours on, on the metal wow. show back when I was on MMS, like nice. it was planned. It was a planned debate, and it was funny because he ended up, we ended up having to hang up on him because he wouldn't stop swearing because he was so mad at me. You know, he was nice. so mad at me because we were just going at it, and he he ended up going, "Well, fuck you." 
<laughs> and we're like, you can't say that. Al. He's the fuck I can't fucking say. You know, he was just like, blah, 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 blah. It was, it was great. Nice. One of my more fun times on the radio. Yeah. That, <laughs> that sounds awesome, man. The, um, the other, I think the band that stole the night was tenacious D really. Like, yeah. Like they just, they, they had a set planned out. They had it just, just, my wife's not a big fan of them, but I, I grew up loving them back in the day, you know, when they first started mm-hmm. coming out and popping up on HBO and all that other nonsense, but they, they came out and they were just awesome. And Jack Black was, was killing it. And, you know, they, they, they kind of had a, a, a scripted set, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, um, from, from start to finish, man, they were, cause we were going to watch, I think like half tenacious D and then go watch, bring me the horizon. And we ended up just watching all of tenacious D and okay. then going to watch nine inch nails. <laughs> nice but tenacious d was was pretty amazing that's cool man yeah i'm I'm not a huge fan either i'm I'm with you i'm with your chick on that one i'm not not a big fan but i've heard everybody i've ever talked to has seen him always says it's a fun show so yeah kind of reminds me of guar in a way i'm yeah, not a fan which, but i i like seeing them right which i which i you know they'll, they'll be coming up in a, in a day or two on this uh festival okay um nine inch nails that this is the first time i've ever seen them they were pretty awesome. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, obviously <laughs> they were, they were amazing to watch, but the one thing that fucking them and we, we did catch the very tail end of bringing me the horizon just because of the time, time lapse, whatever. Sure. But both like camera operators for the big, you know, the big screens on the side of the stage that lets you see mm-hmm. what's on stage. I do remember when Motley Crue came back together and they did like shout of the devil on the VMAs or something. And then like, they they made it black and white, made it made it look crazy. Yeah, I don't you remember that? Yeah, and you you're just like, stop it, man! I just want to watch them play. Like, right. I, I don't want to I don't want to see a, a fake music video. Like, just just film them. Yeah, and both bands, but Nine Inch Nails and Bring Me the Rise, and both had like all these effects on the screen and stuff. Mm. And Nine Inch Nails was almost unwatchable because who like the guy was on stage with the camera getting up in Trent's face and going over to the keyboard guy and the bass player. Right. I mean, like it, it was, it was hard to watch. And I was just like, all right, so I, I just want to see the band play. Hey, just show <laughs> right. me what's going. This is this is too artsy. This yeah. is too artsy for seventy thousand people. Stop it. Yeah, no, and, and that's a shame too because they are so intense you yeah. i mean i've seen them i don't i mean a zillion times yeah and they're always so intense that would suck to have some fucking studio guy wrecking it for you no thanks yeah it was it was it was a tough watch but we, we you know we had a good time watching it the only other the other shout out is uh the band mag dylan uh they were back in the press tent and uh took a photo with me they were very uh nice and uh i actually caught a little bit of their set they did a nice atlantis Moore set cover kind of heavied it up uh female singer in that band too so they were they were they were good dudes good uh good dudes good ladies and uh so a little shout out from mag dylan from the there you go wow there you go <laughs> and that was day one that's just day one <laughs> um so friday mm-hmm. friday was a Friday was the day like we had, I had so many, uh, let's see, just running, running it down. Um, I had in flames, amigo, the devil vended suicide silence. Uh, a band called until I wake. They were pretty good. Okay. Uh, yeah, those were all the interviews. And then like the whole time we were back there, um, actually Corey Taylor was in the tent for a very long time that day. Like he, um, he has a Corey Taylor foundation. Okay. And t- they did a, uh, um, like a, like a wounded warriors type, 
uh, meet and greet. You know, you could tell a lot of military. Sure. Uh, he, I mean, he was back there hamming it up with them for a good hour at least. And then, you know, signed a guitar and gave it to one of them and, and all that stuff. And then he had a full on meet and greet, which was fun, funny to watch. Like people were just like, like the first girl that walked up to him, like back, like got on her hands and knees and started like, you know, like we're not worthy, like type right. stuff. Like, but for real, like, and then, like, <laughs> like tears in her eyes and everything right. else. And um, now is he in or out of costume? Out. Yeah, he was just okay. regular. He was regular ass Corey Taylor. But uh, okay, um, I, I did speak with him for a little bit. We talked for a little bit. I got you know told him I worked for Knotfest and and uh, I told him that I used to play in Primer Fifty Five because the tour after I left in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. he jumped up on stage with primer and did like a pink Floyd cover. And nice. uh, I, I was just like, I was like, yeah, you know, I work for the not fast and, you know, do the podcast. And, and I used to play bass in primer 55 and he was like, no shit. And just started laughing. Like, and, um, and I was like, yeah, the, the first tour we did after I was in the band, you know, you jumped up once and he was like, dude, I was boozed out of my mind. back, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, just had a good time with it. But, uh, and we actually talked about our kids because, you know, my son does, you know, has been doing the rap stuff and throwing it up sure. on Spotify. And, you know, obviously his kids out doing Vended and sure. just, just jokingly having dad moments with Corey Taylor about, you know, just I was like, does Griff, you know, not listen to you about music when it comes to, you know, maybe you guys should do this. And you're like, whatever, dad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> nice. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like Griff's like that all the time. But I will say I ended up interviewing um simon who is clown's kid and okay. Griff, who is uh Corey's kid they were the mm-hmm. two on the podcast and they're the two guys right. that are invented and griffin couldn't have been any cooler that's like, cool. he was super nice and i ended up uh there was a woman back there that that started talking to melissa a lot and it was like because she worked for like some paper in lexington and she uh she came up to, to Melissa and was asking like, who is this? Who's that? She didn't know who anybody was back there. Right. She, so she saw Corey Taylor and I was like, that's Corey Taylor. He's a singer of Slipknot. She's like, is that a big deal? I'm like, yeah, that's a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then she's like, I don't know who that is. And I was like, well, and then like the drummer from Shinedown was back there for a second. Okay. I was, well, that, I was like, well, you know, normally if you don't know Slipknot, you probably know Shinedown because the sure. radio. I was like, that's the guy from Shinedown. She's like, is that a big deal? I'm like, wow, you really don't know who any Jeez. of these people are back here. Who did but, she uh, think was a big deal at the at the event? Like the whole four days? Kiss? Uh, I think she just came for the one day. I think she was just covering it for whatever. whatever. Okay. Because they do also do Bourbon and Beyond, which is the weekend before. And that's like, okay. you know, the more, more white stripes and Pearl Jam and, and all that stuff. Right. So, so I think I think she just did both weekends. And I th- she was probably more into the weekend before. Okay. But uh, so I was standing there and I was I was walking around and, and I bumped into uh, Griff again. And I was like, I was like, do you realize there's a woman here that has no idea who Corey Taylor is? And he just started laughing and he was telling me, his, you know, stories about, uh, you know, kids at his high school. Like, so your dad's famous, huh? You know, he was he was having the definite off mic talk about kids at his high school that would would bring up that his dad is Corey Taylor and wow like well my dad's famous too he's a drug dealer and <laughs> like, what are you talking about you know he was just but he was he was cool about it you could you could tell he didn't mind talking about his dad now Simon sure. he was just like he didn't want anything to do with with dad talk wow nice because the the tour manager said when I sat down with him he's like hey can you just give him a rundown of what you're gonna talk about so you can so they can kind of you know be ready or something like that mm-hmm. and I was like 
I was like, you know, talk about the new video, talk about the tour, talk about, you know, kind of the last year of the band. And I, and I just threw in there. I was like, oh, we'll keep the dad talk to a minimum. And Simon was like, yeah, he's like, let's not do that. <laughs> like, let's not yeah. talk about it at all. I was like, nice. all right. All you right. Know, at least, at least he threw it out there, but um, yeah. But uh, Bjorn from In Flames was really cool. He was. He was how much cool. In Flames music do you know? I, Are you an In Flames fan or not at all? It's one of those things where I was. I've been listening to it, and I should be like a huge fan. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw them in like 2011, I think, with like Hatebreed. Okay. And I thought they were great that night. Everything I've heard is great. I just, I don't, I just don't think I've dove into In Flames, which is one of those bands where. Every, every time I listen to them, I'm like, I should love this. Like, I don't know why I don't, you know? Yeah. I, I love them. I'm yeah. a, I'm a total, total fan. Yeah. You can give me clay man, which I know is a very old album at this point, but it's yeah. still the album and, and come clarity was another really good one too. So I, yeah, I, I do them. love me some, some in flames. When I was listening on Spotify, obviously the most downloaded song is on clay man. Mm-hmm. And it didn't even like ring a bell. Like, you, know, <laughs> no, you know, normally there's like those bands that have even like that, that underground hit, mm-hmm. you, you know, the one song or something like that. But in flames, one of those bands where I just, I just haven't dove in enough, but yeah. I will say this, um, Bjorn was awesome. Like he That's was, cool. I was having a rough morning <laughs> and he was, my, he was my first interview and, um, and he like, he like changed my mood for the day. Like we just had a great talk and a great chat and he was just kind of self-deprecating a little bit too. And and just, just even we talked a little bit about the pandemic. I didn't, I I try not to do that as much just because it's just dates interviews so bad, Mm -hmm. but he kind of brought it up about when, when the pandemic first started to hit, like how worthless he felt. And that was like a super honest answer about, because he was like, what, what am I even doing here? Like, what is, what is my purpose in life and all, all that, all that stuff, man. And it just seemed to, to, it just seemed very genuine and very real. And it was, it was a really cool talk. That's cool, man. I, I, that's the one of, of everybody you interviewed that I need to listen to. I love that band. I I've interviewed, um, what's his name? Um, uh, the singer Anders. Yeah. I've interviewed him a few times. I've never interviewed Bjorn. So I'm, I'm anxious to hear that. Well, you know, I know a guy, so you know. well, there you go. Cool. <laughs> um, Amigo the Devil was great. I don't know how much Amigo the Devil you've listened to, but Not a lot. that's that's one of those when I I started listening to them, and um, you know, they're kind of they're kind of like you know, got that Johnny Cash, vaudeville, Elvis kind of all sure. that stuff. Like they're they're just kind of a almost like a breath of fresh air because you you listen to so much metal at these things mm-hmm. like metal, 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 and then this guy pops up and. The first song on the latest album is like he could be doing Elvis crooning and and it and it has like total like a like I kept going back to like vaudeville and just mm-hmm. a show tunes or something like I mean it was it's just it's amazing how good it was. Then I I posted the photo of, of me and uh of me and Amigo and um my daughter was just like, Oh my god, I love Amigo the Devil. So nice now, now I'm cool. Now you're cool, Dad. For, uh, well, for for it's probably worn off by now, right? Right. No. Yeah. No. In three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of the Slipknot guys, Clown was back there for a while. I went up to him, talked to him for a little bit, told him I worked for Knotfest and and did the podcast. And he said, "Thank you for all your hard work." So mm-hmm. no idea if he knows who I am, but he said, "Thank you for all your hard work." Uh, v Man was back there, talked to him for a little bit, and uh, I was I was near Jay weinberg for a little bit 
Um, never spoke to him, but you know, some of the Slipknot guys were, were rolling around back there. That was kind of cool. Right. Yeah, that was pretty, that's pretty surprising really. Cause you know, when, whenever they show up, everybody, you know, kind of hounds them. So yeah. And where, was that the case where they, were they like, you know, having all the vultures coming after them? I really wasn't that. I mean, it's, 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 it's the media tent. So you're, you're getting a, you know, a lot of photos, which is funny because I didn't take a photo with any of them, which I guess I, I was, cause I was getting a ton of photos. I was like, that's the one thing I'm going to get. I'm going to grab as many photos as I can just for, you know, for Instagram, Twitter and all that, all that sure. other nonsense. And the one band I don't get any photos with is Slipknot. Oh, why would you? It's not like we're on their platform or anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and, and you know, I, t- I spoke to Randy from Lamb of God for a little bit, and uh, you know that was that was interesting. And uh, Mark Morton was back there for a little bit, talked to him for a second. Um, the Mastodon guys were back there, but I never actually spoke to them. Right. Um, Guar showed up like they always do in full regalia, and, and that's sure. amazing. That's just awesome to be around. I mean, I you know you know as well as I do that I'm not the biggest Guar fan. Sure, I'm but not either. But the the. the uh, just kind of seeing them in full costume, just kind of roaming around and, and talking to everybody is pretty funny. Yeah. That, that, they're that band. I don't know anybody that likes their music. Not one person <laughs> in my, in my whole circle. Like right. there's nobody that's ever said, Oh, you got to hear scum dogs of the universe, man. That's like killer. You, no yeah. one says that, but of, of all my friends and myself included, I'll go see them anytime they're anywhere near me. Yeah. Cause they're fun. I don't know any of the songs. I don't care. It's still, you know, jizz squirting all over the crowd and blood <laughs> and killing and yeah it's 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 ridiculous but it's fun it's good stuff i remember i fl- i i back in the flyering days like we flyered a guar show mm-hmm. and we but we didn't go to it we just stood out outside the exit at the end sure. of the show and handed out flyers and we we got called out so many times like you guys weren't even in there were you like yeah maybe because <laughs> <laughs> we were completely clean and everybody They're else clean. was covered in you know in, uh, in, in blood great show i mean they mm-hmm. we you know we went to check them out as always just a just a you know incredible show to watch sure um and then mashuga mashuga came on right after them and, we, and they their visual show was amazing too um um helmets we you know Helmet kind of did the, the the hit set too, man. I think they played like one newer song, but, okay. but they, they, I mean, they did just another victim and they played all the, all the good stuff off of Betty and aftertaste and right. meantime, meantime and, blah, 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 and all that right. stuff. Yeah. It's just, just a great set. Um, I'm trying to see what else I, I, I was in the media tent for a lot of this day <laughs> just because, I mean, there's just so much going on. Um, sure. A dead was great. Amigo. The devil was great. Uh, we actually went out and got to watch Vended play. And that was one thing I was talking to them about. That'll be in the interview. But, you know, a year ago this time was was not Fest Iowa. And that's where we went out and did the uh, the Twitch stream, did the live stream all day. And, and you know, they, they were there and they played a really good set. But you right. can still tell that they were a newer band. But, you know, a year later, they've been on tour after tour after tour. And to see them now, you know, they've definitely kind of come into their own. Sure, they found well. They, you know, dude, you know this, man. It's when you first get out there, it's you're still dealing with everything from nerves to how to live to, you know, if you're hungry or not, and if you're going to eat today or, you know, all the (laughs) bullshit that comes with being a brand new band out on the road. Now they've probably figured it all out to where it's like, okay, they know what they got to do to show up and be ready to kill for that 30 minutes that they get. So, you know, it's always cool when you see a band like that second or third tour in because right. you see how much growth they've had oh yeah 
and then the um obviously lamb of god was great slipknot was great um i'm trying to see if there's any other bands on here that i went to watch that that i uh, we watch a little bit of in this moment if you're into um you know theatrics and stuff i mean that's that's definitely a band you got to check out mm-hmm. clutch is great as always too but was um was Randy the best singer of the of the weekend? Of course, because he's one of the top five of all time. <laughs> you know, it's funny uh, as as I was watching it. You know, he's he's doing he's he's conducting the crowd like exactly mm-hmm. like our crews talked about, and it was funny watching him in action. And if you're, I think if you played in Lamb of God, you you would say that Randy Bly is one of the top five, you know, frontmen of all time, just because I mean he's. He's he was conducting the crowd and getting everybody into it, and he actually stopped the show a couple of times because he thought people were getting hurt. And wow. it was it was a thing. It was a thing. <laughs> nice. So Saturday was 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 the big. It was almost like the classic rock day, you know. Kiss, Alice Cooper, Rob right. Zombie, you know, so a lot a lot of that stuff. Um, let's see, what did I interview that day? Um, Dropout Kings. They were yeah. they were they were awesome. Like they're definitely kind of like a newer, newer new metal band, you know, kind sure. of a little bit more of like a, like a trap metal to it. Dude, bloody wood. I interviewed bloody wood. That, that was their first show on us soil. And I mean, they were, they were on one of the side stages. They opened up the, that, that stage that day and they just, they just absolutely killed it. Like I was so excited to see them and they just came out and, and murdered the crowd and just, like they, they had a few speeches in there that, you know, okay. they weren't too corny, you know, they, they, right. just, they, they, they had a lot to say, you know, kind of a okay. machine type thing, but sure. it never really, it never really crossed that line into, all right, dude, just get to the next song. Right. Like, like you could tell they meant it and things like that. And then, um, you know, uh, Raul, who's been on the, on the podcast before, you know, just kind of, kind of seeing him out there and, and just, just, you know, commanding the stage and things like that, man, it was just really cool to see, and then when I got back to the uh, media tent, they were back there and, and I walked it to him and I was like, Oh man, it was so awesome. And he was like, he's like, he was like, dude, you said you're going to be here and, and you're here. You know, he <laughs> knew who I was nice. and stuff. So great to see those guys just kind of just coming out and just, just from what I heard from the tour manager and whatnot. I mean, they, you know, they're on like a, a uh, I think like 15 shows in 20 days, kind of us okay. tour in and out. And like, they've, they've been in the States for like two days before they, played the show and then they're doing like, you know, like I said, 15 shows in 20 days and then going wow. home. But, but like all the shows are, are sold out or close to sold out and stuff. So, I mean, they're, they're doing things, man. They're doing big things. That's good. Good for them, man. Good luck. Good for anybody that's doing yeah. good right now, man. You yeah. know, it's a tough time. So good for them. Right. Um, I spoke to Craig Owens of drugs. Uh, drugs is one of my favorite bands. They, they only put out, they've only put out two albums over like 10 years, but uh, Craig was the uh, singer of Chiodos too. And just one of my favorite vocalists, even though I've heard, I, you know, even though I've heard some things about him, he's one of those dudes that, uh, you know, I definitely want to have on the podcast to kind of pick his brain. And he's okay. like a pretty cool guy. And uh, he actually gave me his phone number. <laughs> he's there like, you go. I was like, I try to get you on the podcast. He's like, well, just take my phone number. So okay. We'll see, we'll see where that goes. <laughs> right. Uh, Tetrarch was there. Tetrarch was actually there the night before uh, Diamond was back there hanging out. Cause that's another thing. Maria from, um, you know, Maria Ferrara was there mm-hmm. and Jamie Roberts, two, you know, massive publicist in the, in the, in the game. 
Sure. Uh, they were hanging out all weekend too. And it was just kind of cool to kind of meet those people in person for the first time. Maria sure. just, you know, she's a handful too, running around and just taking photos with everybody and, right. and having a good time. But Tetra, I guess, showed up and I uh, was hanging out with um, Maria and they went to watch Slipknot all together. Obviously okay. they're big fans. And then I saw, um, you know, uh, the Tetrarch folk at the, uh, in the press tent interviewed diamond, um, for a little bit. And then, um, you know, spoke to the rest of the band. Ryan's really cool. Ryan's the listener of the podcast. So nice. Shout out Ryan from Tetrarch. Um, um, uh, uh, the rest of the day here, um, interviewed the drummer from Chevelle. He came back on the show. That was awesome. That's cool. Um, God, man, body count live. Yeah. yeah they, they were, they, that, that was one of the one of the more fun shows I've seen in a long time. Sure. Just kind of seeing that whole that whole. Uh, I don't guess I've ever seen Body Count live, but there's there's a story with the Body Count CD. Um, not this last one, but the one before it. It got stuck in my CD player on my Jeep. Okay. So for the longest time, if I didn't have my phone plugged in, I, the only thing I, I could listen to was Body Count. And so uh, <laughs> that's like the album with like Black Hoodie on it and all that stuff. Right. And so like any of those songs they played, I knew every word and I was just like talk shit, get shot and all that stuff. And I was, I was like totally, totally into it, man. Nice. Um, the Chevelle guys couldn't have been any nicer. Both of the uh, brothers were in the tent being great. Um, didn't watch Rob Zombie. I, we watched a little bit of Alice Cooper. And then the, my favorite story of the whole night was, um, we were, we were done with the day, but we would go back in the, in the media area to kind of use the bathroom and, and grab a drink and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, grab waters or Red Bull or whatever. And so we were, we were back there to use the bathroom and, and where the media tent was is, is the buses were on one side of it and the main stage was on the other. So okay. To, so to get from one to the other, you had to go by and, you know, it was golf carts all day long, you know, every once in a while you would look up and you would see, you know, a whole band drive by in, in a, in a caravan right. of golf carts. And so, um, so we're sitting there and, and we both, you know, use the bathroom and then we kind of walk over into the media tent and I look over and this like herd of people all wearing this, like one kiss laminate was coming, we're coming out. So they were like, I guess they paid for like the thousand dollar meet and greet or whatever. Okay. So I'm thinking, I'm like, well, wait a minute. So if they're coming from somewhere, they probably just did the kiss meet and greet. So kiss is going to have to pass us. Right. So we, so I can't, I, we camped out close to the uh, little driveway, the little road that goes past us. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there, you know, and I'm just trying to act cool and talk to Melissa. And I look over and Eric Singer in full kiss regalia too. Like, nice. They literally, <laughs> they were literally going on in like five minutes. Like they, right. had, they had five minutes. So Eric Singer drives by looking like Peter Chris. And I was like, man, that's cool. You know, I'm a huge kid. I was a huge kiss fan as a kid. Still, I'm, a, sure. you know, I'm still a kiss fan. And then all of a sudden, man, I look over and here comes, it was, uh, you know, the, the normal golf cart, but on the back of one of them was Paul and Tommy Thayer. Okay. And then the next one coming by had Gene Simmons on it. I mean, and they're like six feet away from us in full right. kiss, in full kiss gear, <laughs> you know, and, and I, even though I didn't talk to him or like, I didn't yell at him or anything like that. I was still like in, in my, in my head, my nine-year-old self was just like, that's fucking kiss. <laughs> like, and, and, and like I said, man, I mean, they literally passed us. Right. We walked out into the main stage area and then it was like, ban, land, land, land. And they were being lowered down, you know, into, wow. into onto the stage. I mean, they literally went from like backstage to the stage and boom on, on stage. It was crazy how quickly they, they got up there, man. But, you know, we, we stayed for about half their set. Saw, you know, they, they saw whatever they played and kind of got out of there. But dude, it was, that was, 
that was cool to just be that close to kiss and sure <laughs> and, and, and how ridiculous that is to to get excited about yeah well and it's the last time you're gonna get that chance probably well i, I mean they're probably, saying I mean, they're done yeah i mean i guess in that capacity yeah i mean they, but they also keep adding shows to this farewell tour too so yeah, true they may never stop that nah, it might not um, so yeah, so that was Saturday. So Sunday we'll go, uh, actually I only had one interview on Sunday. Um, and that was Nick from Bayside. He's the bass player at Bayside, but he, he also does the star Wars podcast called okay. uh, think, think the maker with, uh, with Adam from story of the year, who, who's been a friend of mine for a long time, been on the podcast. So when I, when I put in for Bayside, they were like, would you like the singer or the guitar player? And I, I wrote it back. I was like, Actually, can I talk to their bass player? And they're like, <laughs> they're like, well, he's not really doing interviews that day, but we'll see if he's available. And yeah, that's what I got. But, but right. so I talked Star Wars and Bayside <laughs> with them. But you know, that was that was just a fun interview. I actually, I'm I'm one of their Patreon patrons. Oh, look uh, at you! So yeah, so I was like, I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's one of those dudes where it's funny when you hear. Well, actually, this this goes with another person I met that day. I met uh, Brian from Rock Feed. Uh, okay, he does a great you know YouTube channel, kind of a news update channel. He used the Talk to Me podcast a few times, and he's got one of those kind of he's got a pretty distinct voice. And so when I saw Trey from uh, Devil's Cut, he was back there talking to Jelly Roll's drummer, and I so I went up to Trey. I was talking to him, and and. Trey introduced me to Jelly Roll's drummer. I was like, hey, man, this is the guy from Talk To Me, blah, blah, blah. And Brian goes, oh, my God, you're you know, you're from Talk To Me? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, I'm Brian with Rockfeed. And I heard his voice. Right. And I was like, yeah, you're definitely Brian from Rockfeed. <laughs> kind of the same thing with Nick, too, because I, I didn't really know what Nick looked like, but I've heard his sure. voice a million times. But right. that's always that's always funny when you when you meet radio personalities or podcasters that you like, you you, you can picture their voice, but you don't ever mm -hmm. picture their faces or yeah. whatever. And they never look like what you think. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. This Brian guy, like I, I've seen him a million times on his YouTube channel and, and I would have never picked him out in a, in a crowd. Nice. <laughs> but, uh, awesome. you know that, so he was there. Um, you know, obviously I uh, spoke to Jose Mangan throughout the weekend. Sure. Um, friendly with him. Um, Graham from Loudwire was there. He's been on the podcast before, but he actually came up and, and introduced himself and, you know, okay. nice to meet you in real life type stuff. And, and and all that so that was that was cool for him to him to come up and say hello and uh you know just a few people running around from from all of the different sites that were uh that were back there right. um spoke to jacoby from papa roach for a little bit right. um was yeah. that your last resort oh man <laughs> trying to see what that was kind of a that was the day like we did the i did the interview with um with nick from bayside and literally just packed up my gear because i thought i was going to get jelly roll and then like i was watching the <laughs> so obviously sunday titans game mm -hmm. i got the you know nfl sunday ticket on my phone and i i plopped down on my spot and and i was watching the game and jelly roll showed up for his press tour and right. i went to say something to him and like his he had like a security guard tour manager that kind of like like shushed me almost like right he's like we got to get to this you know because i went to just like say hello because mm -hmm. Jelly was on the, on the podcast for an hour and we talked to him, blah, blah, blah. So he kind of like, we got to get to this man. Sorry. You know, something like that, you know, and then they went to do the, the, the interview round and I'd right. been speaking to their management 
about getting jelly jelly roll on the podcast and he was like well just go and see if you know if he can do it while he's there so i walked up to the the security guy and he's like dude we're he's like i didn't mean to you know didn't mean to be rude we're just 15 minutes late for two hours worth of media and you know blah 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 (laughs) so they they were running late and, and all that stuff so i did not get a uh I did not get an interview with Jelly Roll that day, but um, man, he his his performance was awesome. Like really? that was that was one where I was like, after after the Nick interview, packed up my gear, ran it out to the car, came back into the festival, got over to see Jelly Roll, and dude, I was sitting there watching it, and I have never cried at a show. And <laughs> during Save Me, I just started sobbing. Like, and oh, and, and I, Melissa, she actually went to get a drink and she came back and I was wearing my sunglasses and, right. and whatever else. And she looked at me and she goes, you're crying. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm not. And, uh, and I was like, well, maybe I am. But yeah, man, that, that song saved me, man. It just hits me right in the feels. I don't know what it is about the damn song, but well, you and everybody else. Jesus. Well, yeah, I know. But it was like the fucking song. Like, just, I don't know, man. There's something about it. But um, yeah, so we... We ended up running into, in, into some friends around that time, hung out a little bit, you know, grab some food. Um, Papa Roach, you know, they, they always uh, bring it live. Um, mm-hmm. Try to see what else we watched that day. I didn't, honestly, we didn't get to watch much. Um, and then, uh, you know, the, the one she had to see so bad was Incubus. Like, and I mean, like we, you know, we were standing kind of far back from every other, every other, Sure. You know, band or whatever dude incubus she's like grabbed my arm and like she crowd killed <laughs> all the way to the front of the stage we got to like you know maybe 10 people back you know uh, i'm watching brandon boyd and the boys up there just sure. kind of killing him but uh yeah i mean they were they were amazing and then we left after incubus because i i have no desire to see red hot chili peppers and allison chains was on while we were leaving so there we go yeah well I'm surprised you didn't try and hook up with Brandon Boyd. He talks a lot. He likes to do well, interviews. When I spoke to their their management, um, they said that they they've kind of had like a blanket no interviews at festivals thing all year, and they were just oh, okay. keeping it that way. I don't know. If, I mean, they're a California band, so probably COVID issues or something. Yeah. Probably. Um, Jamie Roberts actually was trying to hook up with the tour manager and was giving them the whole, you know, this guy really helped with the solo album. And even if they could just, you know, say hello and get a, grab a photo, that would be great. So she at least attempted it. So I, I do right. appreciate her for that. Um, but Melissa, the whole weekend was just like, you know, she was probably going to leave me if she met Brandon boy. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, oh, I understand. I get it. But, um, right. But yeah, she, she was all about it. And, and, and they tried to hook it up. And even the, the, um, uh, the manager that I spoke to through email, like knew who I was from the interview that we did with him because, you know, Jamie is one to watch the interview as you're doing it. And so was his, the manager was also on the call. Okay. So, so he, he remembered that and obviously remembered the, the, the dime bag Daryl pants story that kind of came from that interview that kind of went right. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, so as for uh, a louder than life experience, man, I think I, you know, we, we had, we had a blast, man. It was That's fun. cool. Cool. Sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds like a lot of work, but sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, th- this was the first year that I did, um, I did, uh, video interviews. Um, so we were kind of, we were kind of messing with stuff. I, the, the Saturday interviews, I don't think I'm going to be able to use cause the audio was just garbage. Right. But the, uh, the rest of the weekend was really good. Actually the Bayside interview 
was probably the best because the first two days I did, we, we kind of commandeered this outdoor couch and set up the camera and, and just kind of, kind of sat on the couch and did the interviews. But when I, when I, when I rented the camera, they also like rented me these lavalier mics. Mm-hmm. So that, so Saturday I did some on the grounds stuff before the festival and what you'll see in the intro video, like, Hey, you know, these are the interviews from louder than life and did, did like a thing, but I had a lavalier mic on and it sounded great. Like right. that sounds great. So I was like, Oh, this probably won't be too bad. So I kept the lavalier mics, but then I went into the, the media tent and was doing the interviews with the lavalier mics as the other bands were playing. And it was just, it was picking up everything. It was just right. like, so you're in Seville. <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> so luckily, aside from Dropout Kings, all of the interviews on Saturday are people that had already been on the show before. So it wasn't, you know, it's it still sucks, but it wasn't like the worst. And I'll and I'll redo the Dropout Kings interview. But um yeah, I I don't know if I'm gonna like maybe even attempt to transcribe the interviews because i can still make out what's being said it just sounds okay. sounds like crap <laughs> yeah shit happens dude happens yeah. often actually so but as for a four-day festival um you know i live to live to tell about it and you know it was uh it was a good time good weekend right well that's cool so so what's your next one do you have a next one yet or not yet no, I don't have an excellent actually, and something else just hit me too. Um, we were, I guess that was on Thursday. We were out wandering the the grounds, and I look mm-hmm. over and I see, you know, the dime bag, all the dime bag merch, and I was like, That's "Oh, right. I didn't know that was going to be here." So I walked over and I'm like, you know, picking I picked out a shirt, and as I was as I was paying for the shirt, Rita pops up, and I'm like, "Rita." <laughs> She's and um, I was like, you know, you were on the on my podcast a while back, and she was like, I was like told her what it was she's like oh yeah i remember that that's when we were promoting dime vision or something i'm like yeah it was awesome and and um i asked her her thoughts on the uh the pantera tour Mm. she said she says she's all for it so i'm okay so i'm I'm happy she's if she's all for it then then who's there left to complain right she said she's been talking to phil and you know so they've obviously buried the hatchet and and all that good stuff so good Good. That'll be the next one, right? The Pantera yeah. tour. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I interviewed Corey Brennan, who who owns 5B, who owns Not Fest, who basically mm-hmm. signs our checks. And um, as we were, as I was interviewing him, it was for his uh, Rock Against Racism um, Foundation. Mm-hmm. I did throw out there that, you know, how awesome it was that Pantera was going to be doing some shows. And the first shows back were going to be Not Fest events. And, and I look at the camera and I'm like, I don't want to get this on tape, you know. If you get if you if you want me to go to Brazil and cover the shows, <laughs> I will do that for you. <laughs> nice. So I had to throw that one in there. But yeah, it sure. was funny. we we brought money for for my wife to buy stuff at uh, the Blackcraft tent. Mm-hmm. We go to the Blackcraft tent, and it's all styles from like two or three years ago and stuff she already has. Uh. So I end up going to the Dimebag tent, and I bought like I bought one shirt on Thursday. I think I bought another one on Saturday. You know, I was like, I need another Dimebag shirt. So, and then I ended up actually the shirt I'm wearing now, um, Mortis Viventi or something like that. They were they okay. were another booth there. They were selling a bunch of bunch of cool uh, cool shirts. And so I, bu- I bought a shirt, and we you know we we bought way too expensive um, 
you know, uh, you know, food while we were there, overpriced pizzas and all that good stuff. Right. At least you didn't have to spend sixteen dollars a piece for beers or whatever. Right. Yeah. We were. She was drinking some sort of fruity vodka combination. Man, I don't ever see my wife. My wife, like I think I've talked about in the past. You know, she'll she'll come home from work, have two beers, and be done with it. And uh, she does. I don't ever really see her drunk or have a nice buzz going. And at one point we were on on Sunday, she was having a few drinks and she was just had that, had that smile. And, and I'm like, you're feeling it, aren't you? And she's like, yeah, I'm feeling it pretty good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it, it was a good time, man. Very good. Now sounds like fun, man. I'm jealous yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Not too, not too much, but a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Alice Cooper opened with uh, feed my Frankenstein. I thought that was kind of cool. I wouldn't have. <laughs> That's that era of Alice Cooper. Not that I'm a big Alice Cooper fan at all. I'm yeah. not, but boy, that eighties era. Yee. Yeah. Hey, stupid. Feel my Frankenstein. Oh boy. That's not, not my thing. They, uh, he played. Yeah. He played. Hey, stupid. And, um, poison. <sighs> and I was like, man, that just reminds me of like my babysitter loved that album. <laughs> what was that trash or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, just, she she had that album and you know the cassette whatever. Right. Anytime anytime I hear that stuff, it just reminds me of my babysitter. Sure, that that's that era that all the purists hate. Yeah. All the purists hate that era. <laughs> nice. Well, we spent an hour on that. Let's uh, mm-hmm. let's dive into a little bit of news before we get into uh, some picks for the week. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I wanted to talk about this one first because we we um obviously I just went to a festival. Mm-hmm. So saw lots of laptops, heard lots of things that I knew weren't being played on stage. Man, it, sure. didn't, it didn't affect it one bit. And, you know, uh, you're, you're definitely going to, you know, take some things out there. And, and you know, there, people were playing to click tracks and tracks and, you know, a little, little bit of vocal enhancement here and there. And, and like I said, if there was a, a certain instrument that was you could hear, but you didn't see it, you know, obviously that's being, you know, through tracks. Tracks mm-hmm. are just gonna happen, and and it made it made for a good, a good weekend of music. You know, if 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 I was in a band that needed needed some some enhancement, um, you know, I would yeah. I would be fine I would be fine with that as long as I as long as I'm playing bass and not playing bass to a track like my you know, sure. to a track, mm-hmm. I have no problem with with extra you know noises on stage. Right. Okay. And the, and the one thing that's kind of every where I'm getting is falling in reverse has canceled a festival appearance over missing laptops. And he says it's like driving a car without an engine. And Eddie Trunk posted this big thing about I can't believe this is where we are in music. You know, he's like, I'm really good. Like jokingly said that he's going to, you know, I'm really going to start a band now. And all every comment on there was like, dude, that's why I just like guitars, drums, bass, and vocals. Oh, shut you know? up. And and half of the people didn't know who falling in reverse were. The other half right. were just like, you know, just, just talking shit about it. Falling in reverse is a very electronic band. I mean, especially mm-hmm. the new stuff. Yeah. I, I guess if they really wanted to do like a, a festival appearance with the old stuff, you know, they could probably play some of the early music and be fine. Cause it's a little bit more straight ahead rock. But the last few falling in reverse albums are hugely electronic. Yeah. Tell all those people that are, that are saying that to go see Tesla. You know what? Tesla's still out there touring and they're still giving it to you the way you want it. But 
I'd rather, you know, and, and it's funny because I've kind of changed on this. When when this all first started becoming a thing, I was really kind of against it. I, yeah. I'll be honest, I really was. But now I've seen so many shitty shows, <laughs> right? That it's like, you know what? I'm fine with anything. I'm fine with replacement players. I'm fine with enhancement. <laughs> I don't yeah. care if I'm dropping seventy five to two hundred dollars for a ticket. I better get a goddamn good show. I don't care how it gets to be a good show, but it better be good. You know, I mean, this, this purest horse shit. And I'll go back to the Van Halen tour that I had to suffer through with fucking awful David Lee Roth. Yeah. You know, it was terrible, terrible. And, and it was terrible because they should have enhanced Roth <laughs> immensely, but they right. didn't, you know, so whatever they, they can't play because they're, their laptops got stolen or whatever. Yeah. That'd be like, that'd be like complaining that nine inch nails canceled because they don't have it or, or Rob zombie. Right. You know, all of course, bands. all those bands have, have stuff, you know, to make theirs. It's part of the show. You know, that going in, you know, that going into falling into, into reverse, you know that. Yeah. Well, the one thing with, with this, the only thing that I kept seeing that I totally agreed with was where's the backups to all of the stuff you know where's the backup mm -hmm. files like you 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 feel like you have to, you should have had at least yeah a a, a fall uh um falling in reverse backup plan yeah and i don't know like how much maybe how much that of was the, part of part of maybe that was one of the laptops yeah <laughs> yeah true Maybe they, yeah, I mean, I guess they could have had them, had them together. You know, they, um, I mean, you know. if you think about it, they probably have one for each, whatever, for each, you know, instrument or sound sequence or whatever. They probably have a laptop and a backup. If they all got stolen, then what are they going to do? Right. You know, there's not much they can do. I, I don't know. I, I, I was not, I saw that, I saw that article and I was like, Eddie truck needs to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he just embarrasses himself regularly, or not necessarily embarrasses himself, but just makes himself look like the old man in the room yeah. over and over again. It's like, get over it. This is the way people do it today. Yeah. If you, if you don't like that, then go fucking see Doc and a rat or warrant. They're all playing their instruments. Go see the shit that you grew up on, dude. Cause you don't know nothing about this band. And why are you complaining about it? You're never going to go see them anyway, unless you're comped anyway. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> I agree, man. This is, this is insane. I mean, and, and falling reverse is one of my favorite of the newer bands. And I just wanted to like everyone in this comment section was just never heard of them. I'm like, yeah, it's because you've stopped listening to music yeah. after 1984. Yeah. That's because the last record you bought was says LA guns on the cover. <laughs> shut up. And I will say when kiss came out, they needed, more laptops because Paul's voice, and I know this is a trope. <laughs> Paul's voice Terrible. sounds so bad. Mm -hmm. And I, I wish he would just like, I don't know why he's even doing some of this stuff. He sang like the chorus to a song acapella and it sounded Ugh. terrible. And I'm like, if you want, if you know, your voice sounds like shit, mm -hmm. stop doing that. Yeah. Like, sing to tracks like have you know have all the tracks you want i'm there to see a good show and paul doing his little dancing and all that stuff yeah. you know let's have a good time let's not have you singing choruses to songs acapella when you when you can't hit any of the notes 
Gene mm-hmm. sounded amazing. And another thing, Gene's bass tone, that might have been the most amazing bass tone I've ever heard live sure. in my life. Like it was it was so crisp and clear and you know, Gene's known for doing the bass slides and stuff. Every mm-hmm. bass slide just and and we're in a, you know, a 70,000, 100,000 people deep festival. Right. And you could feel and hear everything. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I I was honestly hoping that that was not a track because of how great it sounded. It sounded just sure. amazing. Yeah. The people that complain about this whole thing, dude, it's like Eddie trunk. He's, he's the worst of the worst when yeah. it comes to this shit, because he'll complain that they're doing tracks. He'll complain if they sound like shit, <laughs> right. you know, he, he'll, he'll complain about that too. So it's like, what do you want? Do you want him to retire or, or do you want to see the fucking band? You know, they're trying to give you a good show. Kiss, especially. What, what's a Kiss ticket cost? It's not cheap. Right. So what do you want to see? A shitty Kiss show for $250, $300, or a good show? Do you care? Are you on, unless you're sitting on stage, does it matter anyway? Honestly. <laughs> right. If you're, if you're, I don't know, let's say a hundred rows deep, as I'm sure there was 10, I'm sure there was a thousand rows of people at the show you were at, right? Yeah. If you were back past the front, you know, to where it's where it's a little distance where you can whatever you're looking at, you can see the whole stage and don't have to turn your head. If you're that far back, do you really know for sure if there's tracks or not? Probably not. Right. So get over it. My favorite thing of the whole story was I guess the same day he was doing his radio show Mm -hmm. and his radio show dropped out. (laughs) And so my comment was someone must've stole your laptop. (laughs) And it's it's just funny how many people that need laptops to do their job, their podcast, Mm -hmm. their radio thing, have something to say about a band using a pod, you know, laptop for, for whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, his, his technology crapped out and his show went off the air. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you really want to take it all the way in, do you think Eddie trunk uses a fucking vocal processor on his voice? I'll bet he does. Right. You know, why doesn't he do his voice raw? Why doesn't he turn that off? Why doesn't he do, why doesn't he just yell outside and record it with a tape recorder and broadcast (laughs) it over? If you want it to sound real, right. You know, what a fucking hypocrite. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with him, man. It's just, it's insane. Mm. Um, let's go into uh Slipknot's Jim Root throws shade at Rage Against the Machine for telling me to do what the government tells me to do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In a new interview with Music Radar, Slipknot guitarist Jim Root spoke about how the lyrical themes on the band's upcoming album, The End So Far, have been affected by the weird cultural uh, moment that we are living in at the moment. He said, everything is so bizarre and so bananas. I don't even know what's going on with the world right now. I couldn't even tell you what is going on with culture because being locked up for two years and then you come out and everything's upside down. It's really, I don't get it. Hmm. Uh, where is it at here? Uh, with Rage Against the Machine, um, we haven't really checked in with one another to see how we're doing how we're feeling about the state of the world and all that. But when I hear a band that's saying, fuck you, I won't do it. Jesus Christ. Fuck you. I won't do what you tell me telling me to do what the government tells me to do. That seems backwards to me. (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) That is not wrong. No, he's, he's hundred percent correct on that one. And I just love the fact that 
Jim Root has somehow turned into the coolest looking dude in Slipknot, which we've gone over a few times. <laughs> right. But uh, but it, it's just it's just that's just an amazing quote to me. You know, I'm talking about Rage Against the Machine uh, you know, telling me to do what the government tells me to do. Right. And weren't they anti-corporate, too? Right up until they started charging $250 a ticket. Right. Jesus, anti-capitalists. Sure, they are. <laughs> shut up. Another another band that needs to shut the fuck up. Well, that's like uh, I, I think uh, Rihanna has been announced as the NFL halftime, uh, you know, uh, player this year for the for the oh, Super Bowl. Can't wait to not and, hear that. And which is funny because during all the Colin Kaepernick stuff, she was one of the biggest people out there telling everyone to boycott the NFL. So yeah, well, I wonder you know. what changed. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe like the ten zillion streams that she'll get paid for the day after the Super Bowl. Right. Can't imagine. And um, <laughs> another story, you know, we, we are huge on the Pantera reunion here. Sure. Um, and everybody is kind of weighed in uh, from so many different bands. And the one band that we needed to hear from is Nickelback. <laughs> um, and so Chad Kroger from Nickelback has said, as long as Philip and someone brings it, it's going to be great. Wow. That's a, now that's a really stepping out there with a, with a bold statement. Uh, yeah. Kroger discussed his views on the Pantera comeback in an interview with, with LA Lloyd. He said, as transcribed by blabbermouth.net. Well, selfishly, I want to see those songs performed live. When you listen to a Pantera record and you think to yourself, well, as we thought for the last, I don't know how many years since we broke up, it's like, oh, I'm never going to get to see these songs performed live again, and it's heartbreaking. So the fact the boys are getting the call called in from here and there. I love Zach. I love Charlie. Great, great guys. I think the fact that they're going to get on stage and do this, all Phil has to do is get up there and crush it. Hmm. I guess Chad doesn't get the bands in town app when the illegals play. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> They've played all these songs. Yeah. They, yeah, they've definitely done it. Um, I, and like I've said, I've seen the illegals twice doing the doing the Pantera set. It's fun to see, but it's still missing something. So hopefully, yeah. uh, you know, Rex and the boys up there are gonna gonna pull it out. Yeah. You know what it is when they play it when the illegals play it. It's all down tuned. It's all down tuned to a tuning that Dimebag would never tune to. Right. You know because they're a you know they're a different kind of band. But, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I watched the live stream through the pandemic of, of it and that was good. It was yeah. enjoyable, but it was still, it was still not in the right tuning to me, but whatever. I can't wait. I, I don't, I don't give a shit. Everybody, all my <laughs> friends that are complaining, fuck you, stay home. I'm going, I don't care. You don't want to go. You want to tell me how bad it was from your seat at, at your house. Go ahead. I'm going and I'm buying the expensive tickets too. So don't, don't be leaning on me to get freebies either. Buy your tickets. <laughs> um, well, speaking of buying tickets and something I would love to go see, uh, mm -hmm. Metallica has announced a special concert honoring Johnny and Marsha Zazula. Wow. Um, when's that? Uh, Metallica will celebrate the life, legacy, and achievements of Megaforce founder uh, Johnny Z and his wife, Marsha Zazula, with a special show at the Hard Rock Live at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida on November 6th. Okay. Um, that the venue holds like 7,000 people. Okay. And they're basically doing, I'm going to assume the way that they're, they're talking about it. Just songs 
from Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning. Wow. So it's just going to be an old school set. They got Raven opening. Oh my uh, God. That's awesome. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> and, uh, you know, once again, we, what we spoke about last week, uh, the All Within My Hands Foundation will once again be on hand, supporting Feeding South Florida with a donation following the show. Um, a portion of the proceeds of the show would be donated in Johnny and Marsha's name to Music Cares, a safety net supporting the health and welfare of the music community, offering preventative emergency and recovering programs to musicians and industry professionals. Right. Dude, how fortunate were we both that we got to interview Johnny Z, you know, literally right before his death. Yeah, that was a, that was a crazy interview. And that that was one that, you know, talking even a little bit about Vendid and those things where you don't want to just be like, so you 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 discovered Metallica. You yeah. Know, that's <laughs> when you, you, you want to try to like talk about Testament and Ace Freely and a little bit more of that stuff. But, uh, right. But yeah, man, just to, just just the whole story of, you know, mortgaging the house to put out the first Metallica record stuff like yeah. that. That's that's a dude that saw something. Dude, I, 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 one of my, you know, you know how it goes with interviews. If you've, if you've had an experience with, with somebody before telling them that story and seeing if they remember it or they don't remember it as an interviewer is very selfish, but very something we all do. You yeah. know, we, we all kind of do it if we catch the right guy in the right mood. And when I interviewed Johnny Z, I had the chance to tell him about when I was like 13 years old and I went to the went to his record store. My dad took me to his record store out there in wherever it was, New York, New Jersey. And, um, I tried to buy a Motley Crue record and he wouldn't let me buy it. And so he's like, no, buy this. And it was Raven. It was the all for one Raven album. And he was like, no, buy this one instead. And, and it was cool. You know, I mean, it was cool. And I love the album, but it was so cool to tell Johnny Z that. And he was like, yeah, that sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a cool moment, man. I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, certain ones of those guys, cause you do those interviews and they don't necessarily cash in on the clicks, so to speak. Yeah. But if you know, if you know metal and you know, metal history, it's like, that's about as big as it gets. Johnny Z is a big, for me as a metal guy, Johnny Z was as big as it gets. Alago was as big as it gets. Yeah. Because we realize what those guys truly did for the scene, for the scene, even that we have now. Right. Yeah. The, the quote here from Metallica is uh, Johnny gave us our first break in New York, released our first albums on his Megaforce label and put us out on the road for our first real tour with Marsha by his side. Johnny was a mentor, a manager, a label head and a fa- father figure to us all. We would not be here where we are today without the two of them. Sadly, we recently lost both Johnny and Marsha just a little more than a year apart. We'll be cooking up a special set list for you all full of songs from our days with Johnny and Marsha at Megaforce. Our main touring partner from that time, Raven, will also be joining us to add to the celebration and bring back the memories. Wow, that's really, really cool. Dude, I'm telling you, man, Metallica just gets it. Like, he, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't care how how many millions of dollars they have. They just, they just still understand being yeah. a fan. Yeah, they. I mean, they make mistakes, and they certainly subject us to some of their mistakes with <laughs> Lulu and touring with Cage the Elephant and all that. You know, they yeah. make mistakes here and there, but in the end, as far as bands go, I mean, it's hard to really criticize them. Forty years, they've been kind of doing it right, yeah. which is why they're the biggest in the world, probably. They get it, man. They just get mm-hmm. it. I'm with you. 
And that was the uh, that was the news segment. Um, do you have any uh, uh, recommendations for the week, Chris? One of each. Um, TV wise, there is a show on Hulu called Candy, stars um, Jessica Biel, okay, and Melanie Linsky, who was Rose on Two and a Half Men, as well as she's in that show um, Yellow Jackets. And um, her my favorites my favorite thing from her is when she murdered and cut this lady's arm off on um, The Shield. Okay. which was fantastic. Um, but um, it, it's a, it's a true, true to life story about this lady. That was like a church church lady that was accused and may or may, I'm not far enough in to know, but she may or may not have actually killed her best friend. Okay. But you would, the funny thing with it is you'd never recognize Jessica Beale. It's, it's based in 1980. So everything is the eighties hair and the eighties clothes. And you'd never recognize these people even though they're they're sort of famous but really good good thing i'm like three four episodes in it's really really good and then musically i put po- i posted this on the Toomey facebook page when you were out at, at rock on the range but i found this band that i think is one it's right in your wheelhouse but i think it's right in everybody's wheelhouse that that likes what we do it's a band called as paradise falls they have an EP out called Madness Medicine, and man, it is, it's fresh from the, I don't know, heaviness of like an Amur type of a band, Okay, really, really thick, heavy music, and, and man, does it kick ass. It's out on, on a little tiny label, too, a fairly tiny label, Eclipse Records. Okay. But man, it fucking kicks ass, man. So the band is As Paradise Falls in the... Um, the EP is Madness Medicine. Good stuff. All right. Um, definitely check that out. Uh, a documentary I watched uh, over the weekend, or actually over the last couple of days, is called 11 Minutes. It's on Netflix. Okay. Uh, have you seen that? I have not seen that one. 11 Minutes is about the uh, um, the country concert that was in Las Vegas that got shot oh, the up by the guy. Thing? The, yeah. the shooting um, okay. And... Not to be Wendell Neely on this one, but the fucking footage. Like, I mean, <laughs> people, I don't know what, I don't know if they were like, like I got my phone here and they were like, if they were filming the show mm-hmm. and then the shooting starts to happen. So they dropped their phone, but they didn't turn it off from filming. Okay. Right. Because I mean, people are just like running with their phone and it's filming the whole time. Right. And they're like getting shot. And they're still oh. filming. Like people are getting shot and still filming. Like wow. every everybody was just filming the whole thing. Like it, wow. Like I was around, you know, Corey Taylor, and I forgot to get a photo. Like these right. people are getting shot, and they're they're <laughs> filming it. Like it it didn't make any sense to me. Right. But meanwhile, not one picture of the guy, right? Yeah, I, I honestly I have not finished it. So, I don't, but they they did show where. Um, so it's obviously it's 11 minutes is from, from the, I guess the beginning of the shooting to the end of the shooting is 11 okay. minutes. This dude, man, he fucking reloads, I think nine times. Wow. I mean, it's, and it's like, it's like, like for a long period of time, then there's a stop mm-hmm. and then he does it. The, and then they, they keep popping up burst to number eight and stuff like that. Right. And you just, just hearing people just getting mowed down. And even, they even interviewed Jason Aldean, who was on stage at the time. Right. And he's talking about how he had his in-ear monitors in 
and he thought it was like a short in the in, a, in the system somewhere because he yeah. heard the clicking and the popping. But he right. thought it was like a, you know like a bad cable somewhere. Sure. And he said at the first time he even like was getting mad at his crew like fucking find it you know <laughs> right find the because wow. nobody thinks you're getting shot at well no and even even the way they show the crowd after the first round of shots mm-hmm. no, nobody really moved yeah no nobody nobody everybody thought fireworks some people thought it was a gunfire but they thought it was people like on the strip like maybe mm-hmm. a, a gunfight on the strip uh you know a lot of people yeah, a lot everyone thought fireworks at first but then they didn't see anything and then after the second round, I guess one of the uh, Jason Aldean security finally like saw him and was like, we got to go. Right. And, um, and so like once Jason Aldean kind of stopped mid song and ran off stage, that's when everybody was like, oh shit, this is really something. Right. And, um, and yeah, they were just, they were just showing, I mean, this one girl got like her jaw shot off and stuff. Oof, ouch. And it, it, it's one thing to, to hear about the story, but it's another thing to kind of see the, how everything went down and right and uh all the people that they interview and and i mean like one one cop they interviewed that was his first night oh as as a cop and his dad was also a cop or is a cop and they actually met up at the festival and you know but the cop was the the rookie cop was just walking around he ended up getting getting shot in the arm you know but then they show the uh once they figure out where the gunfire is coming from the, the police that get up there to the room is basically where, I, where I'm at in this thing. Right. But I guess uh, he had a camera, something set up to where he could see out, out the door. And so when, when the security guard got close, he actually started shooting the door and okay. he like blew like 30 rounds through the door or something. Wow. Like and kept, but that kept them away while he yeah. could keep shooting out the window. Yeah. It's, it's bananas, man. Wow. Craziness. Yeah, so I mean, you know, obviously not our style of music, but uh, still a crazy story. Yeah, I'll, I'll it, definitely watch that. I didn't know that was even out there. I remember seeing the um, when that first happened. That was like right before a louder than life. Okay, and I remember going to louder than life, and kind of like you just start looking around, and you're like, mm-hmm. you're like there's really no high points where we're at. You know, there's no hotels nearby, things like that. But it's still like, what would you do? You know, where yeah. would you go? Um, there's nowhere to go in any of those things, whether no. it's that or the great white fire or a right. guns and roses riot or any of that stuff. If it breaks off, you just gotta do your best to get the fuck out of there. You know, however you do it. Right. Uh, and the only, only music thing I was checking out today was, uh, the new, new album from, uh, or the new EP from dead cross. Okay. Um, looks like it's out? called, Christian Missile Crisis. There's at least three songs out. Okay. No, no, there's a third one that came out today. But um, it's funny how the music sounds like Slayer and the vocals, which should be amazing because they're Mike Patton, almost kind of let the music down. I was kind of bummed about really? the, the vocals. That's on it. Good. But the musically, it's amazing. Okay. I will check it out. Patton. Anything from Patton, I'm into. So Yeah, me too. Uh, and actually the only other blabbermouth story that I was looking at was, uh, I guess the second Taylor Hawkins tribute came out, uh, from LA and I, I just, I only watched the, um, it's, it's Def Leppard and Miley Cyrus and all, and all the Foo Fighters doing photograph. Okay. And there's just something weirdly poetic about Pat Smear on stage with Def Leppard and, 
and Miley Cyrus playing a Def Leppard song <laughs> that just like, you know, cause he was in, in what the germs or whatever. And he mm-hmm. was in Nirvana, obviously. And just like, and I'm thinking about Kurt Cobain and just like how, how everything going on on stage was like the antithesis of nineties, 1991 grunge, Def Leppard, right. Def Leppard pop, you know, all that stuff, just, just sure. all of it together on one stage. <laughs> and, and to see, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the guitar player that always has his shirt off. Uh, uh, Phil Collin, Phil Collin. It's like Phil Collin and, and Pat Smear kind of rocking out together for a second. <laughs> and there's just something beautiful about it. I don't, I don't know. Nice. Yeah. Cobain probably wouldn't have attended this event if he was still alive. <laughs> right. You don't think Cobain would have got out there and did photograph with definitely. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, other than that, man, not much else is going on, man. Yeah. Well, well, we killed an hour and 20 minutes. Just, you know, just talking about your weekend. So there right. we go. That's good. Yeah. And the only other thing, um, the, the interview this week was with Carson Pace of the Callous Dow Boys. Speaking uh, of bands that sound weird. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a terrible band name. I don't care. I don't care how yeah, good the they Callous are. Dallas Dow Boys or whatever. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. play on the Dallas Cowboys and it's just mm-hmm. like, woof, woof. But uh, yeah. but great fun band to listen to if you if you're into like the Dillinger Escape Plan and even mm-hmm. even Mike Patton type stuff like Mike, there's that one EP that the Dillinger Escape Plan did with Mike Patton that yeah. it, actually this album kind of reminds me of. It's, yeah. it's good they stuff. Reminded, I, I listened to it after you said you were doing the interview and yeah. I had heard like a song or two. They remind me a lot of Dog Fashion Disco if you yeah, want to date yourself stuff. back yeah, to yeah. the '90s. <laughs> you know that's that's kind of what they reminded me of them or what was the other band. Um, something municipal something but not oh. municipal waste um what was i anyway it doesn't matter <laughs> it's a band that didn't go anywhere mindless self-indulgence mindless self-indulgence <laughs> there you go nothing to do with municipal what, what is funny up. you said that i i still knew what you were talking about right yeah <laughs> but yeah make sure to go back and check out that interview that's a good one and then like i said all of the uh all of the louder than life interviews will start tomorrow and cool. then uh, every wednesday from pretty much the rest of the year you'll be getting a little taste of louder than life from the talk to me perspective. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't find the word. I don't know. I, I just, I just, I just got tongue tied there for a second. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, I guess that will do it for another episode of the talk to me podcast here. Not fest.com. And uh, as always, I'm Joshua Toomey. I am Satan. (laughs) And we will see you in hell. Peace and war and death and murder. <laughs> the Talk To Me podcast presented by notfest.com. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review on your favorite podcast app to get the latest from the Talk To Me podcast. Talk to me.